Good afternoon. Welcome to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I'll be your host for the next hour. Well, business at the end of 2020. That's that's where we're at. This is late 2020, and I'm glad to see this year going to be in the rearview mirror pretty soon. No problem there. Some of the business items that are important to my clients was sort of answered with the stimulus COVID bill that got signed just a day or two ago. One of the biggest questions was, if you remember the thing called the PPP, that was called Paycheck Protection Program, it enabled businesses to get a forgivable loan to cover payroll from around March or April through, it gave them 24 weeks to pay it all out in payroll instead of letting people go without payroll and going on unemployment. One of the big questions about the PPP was this, if the loan is forgiven, is that income? In other words, would that add to someone's taxable income? The basis for that is the general rule that a forgiven debt is income. In other words, if you go out and rack up a $10,000 MasterCard bill and then you default on it and you go to one of those places that helps you with your uh, credit and your debts, and let's say 9000 of the 10000 on the MasterCard gets forgiven, that $9,000 gets a form to the IRS. It's called cancellation of debt. It's a 1099C as in Charlie. That is taxable income unless you have an exception. I'm not going to get into the details of all the different exceptions. What I'm saying is that the general rule is forgiven debt is income. So what would happen if, for example, someone got a $50,000 PPP loan and then they spend it properly according to the rules and it gets forgiven? The IRS came out already and said, you cannot deduct the expenses paid with that forgiven loan. In other words, I don't want to get too complicated with numbers, but let's say you had $100,000 of payroll expense during 2020, but when you paid that $100,000, 50000 of the money to pay that 100000 came from one of these PPP loans, and it ends up getting forgiven. The IRS originally said you can only deduct 50000 of payroll because you didn't because you paid for the other half of the 100000 of payroll with this forgiven loan. Essentially, that would make the PPP loan taxable. Uh, I shouldn't have used 50 and 100 because then it gets confusing. Let's say you had 150000 of payroll and they forgive 50000 of a PPP loan that you used to pay towards that payroll. You would, according to the IRS, you would only get to deduct 100000 of payroll essentially making that 50000 PPP loan taxable. When the IRS came out with that advice where they said, this is how we're going to treat it, Congress immediately realized that their intent was not to make it taxable. Their intent was that it wouldn't be taxable. They've been hemming and hawing about changing that 
legally in the law for months now. And a lot of my clients who had large PPP loans, it's a huge difference if that amount's deductible or not. Bottom line is in this COVID bill that gets the $600 stimulus check on its way, which is coming in the next couple weeks, they say, in that bill, it did clarify and it did make the PPP loans not taxable. In other words, the guy who spent 150000 on payroll during the year, even though 50000 was supplied by the PPP forgivable loan, he gets to deduct the full 150 And the PPP loan that's forgiven does not end up being taxable. I don't want to be too complicated, but that's a huge factor in the new law that they passed. And it really is going to save taxes on a lot of companies who did receive PPP loans and who used them correctly and are going to get them forgiven. It's a big tax saver not to have that amount as taxable income. I brought a little other info because, to be honest, with this thing just passing, I'm just now learning it. Uh, Hopefully, I won't miss too many year-end items that people are going to ask me because I'm trying to make sure we... Of course, the usual year-end tax planning is always very similar. Uh, One of the things is if if you know your business needs something to buy, like a computer or a new vehicle for business use, If you're going to buy it in January, you're usually better off buying it in December so that it's a deduction now instead of a year from now. Now, the question is, sometimes that's not always true if the next year might be a better year than this year. In other words, if you already have a loss this year because your business was shut down by the shutdown, and we're going to talk about that a little more as we go, as we move along today. If your business had a bad year, you may not need any more deductions in 2020. You might want to wait till 2021, hoping that the new truck will be a good deduction for a better year in 2021 than 2020. A lot of businesses have had good years in 2020. The takeout restaurants, the places like that, a lot of online online clients of mine are doing pretty well in 2020 just because online has done quite well. So not all businesses have suffered a lot in this uh, great pandemic, as they call it, but some have. So the PPP not being taxable when it's forgiven to me is a good thing, and it's something I've been waiting for, and I'm glad glad that it's here. It's still going to get tricky. It's going to be tricky, but it's at least they did – get that done, which is what their intention was. So this COVID-19 relief bill, I'm just kind of looking at a little summary here. They offered 600 per person. Trump asked for 2000 per person, but I understand they're not going to change it. So there's a new PPP. It's like PPP2 is here. I know it's going to be harder to get than the PPP first loan. The first loan didn't make you prove that you had shut your business down. I'm sure there's some businesses that got one of those that probably could have done without it, but the new one is going to have a test where you have to show that your revenue in 2020 was lower than a similar period in 2019. 
I don't have it memorized, but that's kind of good. That's going to just make sure that the people who can get these new PPP2 loans, those are the, the ones that really need it, not just people who want it. So that's that's a good thing, I think. The unemployment assistance has been extended with this new bill. A supplemental one, it's going through March 14th on this new bill. So unemployment is benefited by this. The rental aid and extension of the national eviction moratorium now goes through January 31st, 2021. That's that's really not that long. That's only like a month or so. Uh, airlines are getting billions. Transit systems. Uh, $82 billion in funding for colleges and schools. So anyway, it's, oh yeah, the PPP, the new PPP is for small companies, 300 or fewer employees, well that's not that small, have used or will use the full amount of their first PPP loan and can show a 25% gross revenue decline in any 2020 quarter compared with the same quarter in 2019. So, That does allow some picking and choosing, but that is definitely something in this PPP round, this round two, that's an improvement over the first one because the first one didn't require any proof of decreased revenue in order to get it. Anyway, there's details on these new loans. I'm not going to go into all that. Some of you are, I know some of you are retired people. You might not be self-employed anyway. Uh, If you need to know more about that, you can always call me. Uh, My number is 895-3353. I help all my clients and anybody I can help when I can. So it'll be complicated. There'll be a lot to learn, but it just got passed, I believe, Sunday night. So it's very recent. Okay. So that's the new PPP and the the new $600 stimulus. If you got the prior stimulus of 1200, I'm pretty sure you're going to get the 600 stimulus automatically. So if it came to your bank account directly, or if they mailed you a check, I'm guessing that this second one of 600 will also do the same pattern. If you got a direct debit, a direct deposit the first time, you should get a direct deposit this time. I don't see why not. That's the way they've set it up. And then I found another article about PPP forgiveness, but it's so, it's it's really complicated. And to be honest, I have to like really have my thinking cap on when I read it. It's uh, There's all kinds of twists and turns with accounting and partnership basis partnership interests, blah, blah, blah. This forgivable loan can be a real mess in certain accounting situations. One of them is going to be that the loan was used and received in 2020, but it won't be forgiven until 2021. That's going to be a little weird on some accounting uh, requirements also. So it's not going to be, it's not going to be a complete piece of cake. It's going to be complicated, but One of the things I've learned in my 40 years of doing taxes and my 30 years of being a CPA self-employed doing a lot of taxes 
I've learned when to punt. In other words, if someone comes to me with a question that I really don't feel like I'm an expert at, unless I want to learn it and get into it right away, I try to refer them to someone who already knows the subject. Nobody can know every subject. It's like the old thing, do you want to have your knowledge wide and shallow or narrow and deep? You can't be wide and deep. And if you're narrow and shallow, you won't succeed and people won't work with you. I try to be halfway in between. I try to be semi-wide and not shallow. So I try to cover enough. uh, I think uh, my main strategy for my whole working life, which has basically been 40 years of tax and accounting, my main strategy is learn whatever you can, but pass on the complicated things that you may not need that often. Many times a new client or a larger business client will have specific needs about, for instance, retirement plan, which is best for them. I very often uh, defer to experts who work full-time on retirement plans so that they are the experts who can say, okay, for this particular business, this type of plan would be best. Or no, not this plan, this other one has a lot of advantages. That's a full-time knowledge area that I don't have time to master along with all my other learning I always have to do just to keep up with my mainly tax preparation business. That's where I do feel that one of the most important things anybody can do in business is to make sure you know when you're not an expert at something when to not take when to not take on the job. So we're coming up on that first break. I've got a lot of information for you. I mainly wanted to talk today a lot about the business shutdowns, the pandemic, the vaccine, vaccines, plural. Uh, I'm not a doctor and I don't play one on television. I'm not a lawyer and I don't play one on television. But I am a thinking, thinking person who can read and write. That I do. I don't play on television either, but I am one. So that's where I'd like to share some of my thoughts. And I always like Business Buzz listeners to be well-informed. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I'll see you right after this message. Don't go anywhere. Glenn County Transit Service says this holiday season, let's open our hearts to the disadvantaged kids in our community. Drop off a contribution to a participating store. Remember, it doesn't have to be an expensive gift or item. It's the thought that counts. So let's help a less fortunate youngster's dream come true. That message was brought to you by the staff and operators at Glenn County Transit Service in Willows. For further information, call 888-800-7433. That's 888-800-7433. For Glenn County Transit Service, they're on the air because they care. All of history is divided into two parts, before Christ and after Him. There's a good reason for that. Hello, this is Mr. Nick of We Kids. Before Christ, very few people knew God. After Jesus came, many of us can know God. Is it any wonder that we celebrate His birthday, Christmas, with much joy? 
That's the heart of the next wee kids. Listen. Attention KKXX listeners. Be sure to tune in weekdays at 8 a.m. for Hope for Today. We are excited to have the opportunity to air the Hope for Today program with David Hawking. Please make sure to support the ministry work of David Hawking and all the other wonderful ministries that allow us to spread the good news of Christ here on the North Valley's home for Christian talk. KKXX 930. Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA, getting ready for another tax season here at the end of 2020. Glad this year's over. I had a real good article I wanted to just kind of share with you to kind of remind you what this pandemic has done. Now remember, I have a law degree. I'm not an attorney, but I do feel like I need a, I should be getting refunds on my refunds on my tuition because I was taught in constitutional law that the constitution remains in effect even if there's a medical emergency. But it appears, uh, according to some of our governors, that that's not the case. So I want a refund on some of my tuition. They taught me wrong. This is an article called 2020, The Year We Lost Our Common Sense, Courage, and Civil Liberties. Of course, obviously, I love that headline, so I printed it, and I'm going to share some of this with you. It's not that long, but it's very, very important for people to think about this. Whether you believe it or not, you should at least think about this. It says, once it became clear to the Western elite that their subjects would readily accept draconian anti-COVID measures, it encouraged them to usher in a code red lifestyle where there will be no return to normal in the foreseeable future and possibly never. If nothing else, nobody can say we were not warned about the madness that would descend upon leap year 2020, make it one of the worst 366 days ever recorded on the Gregorian calendar. On October 18th, 2019, now keep in mind, that's over a year ago. On October 18th, 2019, the Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security, together with the World Economic Forum and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, hosted the incredibly visionary Event 201, an exercise that simulated the outbreak of a pandemic, quote, transmitted from bats to people that eventually becomes transmissible from person to person. The simulation proved to be so uncannily similar to the real thing that started just three months later, from imagining a dramatic drop in air travel and business to breaks in the global supply chain, that Johns Hopkins eventually felt compelled to release a statement saying their exercise was not intended to be a prophecy of future events. Quote, to be clear, the Center for Health Security and Partners did not make a prediction during our tabletop exercise, the statement read, in what just might be the creepiest caveat ever. 
Quote, for the scenario, we modeled a fictional coronavirus pandemic, but we explicitly stated that it was not a prediction. We are not now predicting that the COVID-19 outbreak will kill 65 million people. Shortly after the global elite played Nostradamus, on January 15, 2020, to be exact, the very same day, incidentally, that the Democrats presented articles of impeachment against President Donald Trump in the Senate, the first COVID-positive person arrived in Seattle from Wuhan, the Chinese city where the disease is said to have sprung to life. From there, it has been a nonstop roller coaster ride of government-sponsored insanity. Before continuing, it is important to remember the context with which the pandemic has been happening, that is, in the most consequential U.S. presidential election in recent memory. It should thus come as no surprise that the Democrats and Republicans would use the scourge to achieve some sort of advantage, demonstrating Machiavellian opportunism at its very best. Indeed, such is the nature of the political beast. For example, although Trump shut down the U.S. border on January 31 to Chinese nationals, the Democrats and leftist media pounced, saying the U.S. leader responded too late to make a difference. Even Trump's use of the term Chinese virus was slammed by his opponents as racist. Meanwhile, it was the Democrats themselves who were the pioneers in taking the first draconian steps of locking down society to stop the contagion. On March 16, 2026, counties in Northern California and the city of Berkeley ordered an unprecedented stay-at-home order for some 7 million Bay Area residents. This was all part of flattening the curve logic that would buy time for hospitals to gear up for the onslaught. Well, 233 days later, political leaders are not only still flattening the curve, but flattening their economies as well. Today, although the survival rate for those infected with COVID-19 is reported to be in the neighborhood of 99.85%, harsh lockdowns continue to wreak havoc, not least of all for small businesses. Then there's a quote here. It says, over 100,000 restaurants have closed this year due to lockdowns but not a penny for them in the COVID relief bill. And then uh, I'm going to continue reading. Consider the situation in California where Governor Gavin Newsom has mandated yet another shelter-in-place order, which has shuttered, among other businesses, hair salons, barbershops, personal care services, movie theaters, wineries, bars, breweries, family entertainment centers, and amusement parks. What is hard to fathom, however, is how the corporate big-box stores are considered essential businesses apparently immune to the scourge, while the small business owner is trashed as expendable. By way of example, consider the tragic plight of Angela Marsden, the owner of Pineapple Hill Saloon and Grill in Los Angeles. In effort to comply with the ever-changing anti-COVID rules, Marsden spent over $80,000 to build an outdoor patio so she could stay in business during the pandemic. With Newsom's latest lockdown restrictions, however, city officials denied her permission to serve clients on location, even in the parking lot. To add insult to injury, the authorities granted permission for a film company to set up a large outdoor eating area for its staff just across the road from where Marsden had built her patio. I'm losing everything, she exclaimed in a video posted to Twitter that has been watched almost 10 million times. Everything I own is being taken away from me. They have not given us money and they have shut us down. We cannot survive. My staff cannot survive. Anyway, I'm not going to read this whole thing, but I think everybody should think about what's going on. 
We could also think about the uh, the fact that Gavin Newsom attended a birthday party at a fancy restaurant with no masks on after telling us to wear masks. Um, so far, nobody has shown that a mask avoids nobody has shown that a mask avoids a virus. And uh, I've been waiting for that study to come out, but haven't seen it yet. Anyway, so I want to do kind of lead in with that because I've got some other articles to share with you. And one of them is Twelve times the lockdowners were wrong. Okay, uh, so it's got the list. I'm just going to kind of run through this article here. Uh, number one, Anthony Fauci says lockdowns are not possible in the United States, January 24th. Less than two months later, 43 of 50 U.S. states were under lockdown, a policy advocated by Fauci himself. Okay, number two. U.S. government and WHO officials, that's a World Health Organization, WHO officials advise against mask use, February and March. Surgeon General Jerome Adams tweeted against masks on February 29th. Anthony Fauci publicly discouraged mask use in a nationally broadcast 60-minute interview on March 7th. At a March 30th World Health Organization briefing, Its director general supported mask use in medical settings, but dissuaded the same in the general public. And number three, Anthony Fauci. Anthony Fauci's decimal error in estimating COVID's fatality rates. Fauci testified before Congress in early March 2020, where he was asked to estimate the severity of the disease in comparison to influenza. His testimony that COVID was 10 times more lethal than the seasonal flu stoked widespread alarm and provided a major impetus for the decision to go into lockdown. The problem, as Ronald Brown documented in an Epidemiology Journal article, is that Fauci based his estimates on a conflation of the infection fatality rate, IFR, and case fatality rate for influenza, leading him to exaggerate the comparative danger by COVID by an order of magnitude. Well, I'll have to jump back into that as soon as I get back from this break. If Fauci hangs up a shingle in Chico, I am not going to visit him for my annual checkup. Stay tuned to Business Buzz. I'll be right back. In this age of ear-tickling, where are we to turn to hear the word? This is Pastor Greg Lundstedt from Equipping the Saints Radio, and I would like to invite you to tune in to Equipping the Saints to hear the uncompromising preaching and teaching of God's Word on this station. Look us up on the web at www.etsradio.org. We look forward to our time in the Word together. KKXX brings you Equipping the Saints with Pastor Greg Lundstedt, weeknights at 6.30, here on KKXX. From the Pacific Justice Institute, this is The Legal Edge. Defending your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. Here's Brad Vegas. Canadian Church, Springs Church in Winnipeg, was fined more than $32,000 simply for holding drive-in services. Now, the church was also being denied relief 
from shutdown orders that prohibit gatherings of more than five persons at indoor or outdoor public places. In a time when the world needs the church, we're finding our right to worship in public taken away. Well, Pacific Justice Institute has been active in providing legal counsel to churches in need. Visit pji.org to download our free checklist to learn about your rights to hold worship services. We rely on your generous support to continue to provide justice for all. Please help us finish 2020 strong. Learn more at pji.org. Hi, we're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that our daughters have what they need to grow and learn. But that isn't the case for nearly 13 million kids in the U.S. that struggle with hunger. Childhood hunger is a heartbreaking reality that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and provides it to families and children in need. You can help kids in need in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. Well, I do want to do a disclaimer since I'm reading about COVID and virus and all that stuff. I'm not a doctor. It's up to you to do your own research, your own diligence, talk to your own doctor. Don't listen to me. I'm not an MD. But please, please at least think about the fact that uh, if you are worried about catching the virus, then you do everything you can to uh, you know, do that, but please don't shut down all of the small businesses when none of this has been proven in science. I'm going to just get back to the Fauci air. Fauci's air, which he further compounded in a late February article for the New England Journal of Medicine, helped to convince Congress of the need for drastic lockdown measures while also spreading panic in the media and general public. As of this writing, Fauci has not acknowledged the magnitude of his air nor has the journal corrected his article. So uh, this is a, I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's called 12 times the lockdowners were wrong, and it just kind of summarizes that stuff. And like I say, I'm not a doctor. I'm not telling you to, you know, ignore your, your own feelings on where you need to be with regard to keeping safe. But I have yet to see the science that they keep uh, mentioning. So this next article, Tel Aviv Research, this is from, uh, oh, just from a couple days ago at a place called jpost.com. I think it's the Jerusalem Post. Tel Aviv Research, 99.9% of COVID-19 virus dead in 30 seconds with UV LEDs. That means ultraviolet uh, light-emitting diodes says, ultraviolet radiation is a common method of killing bacteria and viruses. Now, researchers from Tel Aviv University have proven that the novel coronavirus SARS-CoV-2 can be killed efficiently, quickly, and cheaply using ultraviolet light-emitting diodes at specific frequencies. Quote, we discovered that it is quite simple to kill the coronavirus using LED bulbs that radiate ultraviolet light, said Professor Hadas. Mamani, head of the Environmental Engineering Program at Tel Aviv University School of Mechanical Engineering, who led the study with Professor Yoram 
Gurkman and Dr. Mikhail Mandelboim. Boim. She said that the UV LED bulbs require less than a half a minute to destroy more than 99.9% of the coronavirus. The study is the first of its kind in the world. An article about it was published earlier this month in the Journal of Photochemistry and Photobiology. Well, I'm not going to go into any more of that. What I will say is, have you heard CNN or CBS or NBC or... Fox, have you heard any of them report this study? Maybe they will, but I don't think I heard it anywhere. I had to dig, dig, dig. Oh, and I also have some advice for you. When I go to look up these kind of articles so I can share them on Business Buzz, it's amazing that I found this out today so I could tell you. I have a new computer where I was doing the searching, and I have all of my computers set for a search engine. If you know it's a search engine, Google is a search engine. Uh, I think Yahoo is a search engine. But the one I use on all my computers is called DuckDuckGo. And I just started using it because people said, hey, it's a, it's a good one. They don't sell you ad. They don't sell your information for ads. And so I've been using DuckDuckGo for months as my search engine. Well, what happened today was I was looking up, trying to find articles about this topic that I wanted to share with you about the the questionable uh, virus news we hear. And my new computer is set as Google as the default search engine. So I'm sitting here searching these topics like uh, fake virus numbers and Fauci, uh, Fauci's interest in drug companies. And I'm getting, I'm getting nothing. I'm getting fact checkers saying it's not true. I'm getting CBS news. I'm getting CNN reports. And I realized that my new computer that I just got over the weekend was still set to have Google as the search engine. Unbelievable. So as soon as I switched my search engine back to DuckDuckGo, I came up with all these alternative news that I rely on. I never rely on the mainstream news only. I always go to alternative news. So I do recommend that you go to your settings on your Google if you want. At least you could try this and watch watch it in real time. Watch how your search changes in real time. Get rid of Google as your default search and go use DuckDuckGo you could also use a browser called Brave, B-R-A-V-E, but I think DuckDuckGo is the best, and it's amazing. You'll get completely different search answers from Google than you will with anyone else, and everybody knows like 95% of all searches are done through Google, so that's why uh, most people aren't aware of any of the things I'm reading to you today. They have never heard of any of this, and of course they think I'm crazy, but One of the reasons they think I'm crazy is if they're using Google as their default search engine, uh, they're never seeing these articles. They don't even come up. So I got one other quick article here. I'm running out of time today. This is too much, too much news. Uh, This one is from early December. It's from Health Impact News. And the title is, Doctors Around the World Issue Dire Warning, Do Not Get the COVID Vaccine. Now, I'll, I'll remind you, if you've been listening to Business Buzz for a while, I've been anti-vaccine my whole life. Of course, unfortunately, my parents weren't. 
one of the books I read mentioned an MD who said he had never seen a cancer patient that wasn't immunized, which tells me that what he's saying, if you reverse, if you reverse it, is if you don't get vaccines, you probably will never get cancer. Now, like I say, I'm not a doctor, so don't take my word for it. But please at least read something other than what Google serves up to you with a spoon when you're searching with Google search. It's really weird. Okay, so it's called Doctors Around the World Issue Dire Warning. Do not get the COVID vaccine. And like I say, it's up to you individually. If you want the vaccine, be my guest. But I'm trying to tell you that there's other opinions on this stuff that you haven't even heard of. It says, in an effort to combat big pharma, corporate media, and big tech censorship, doctors around the world are frantically trying to warn the masses of the devastating effects of the experimental COVID vaccines. Uh, What could possibly motivate these doctors, nurses, scientists, and other health professionals to make such an impassioned plea? What do they have to gain by taking the time to educate the public on the hidden dangers of a new class of vaccine about to be inflicted upon the citizens of countries around the world? They have nothing to gain and much to lose, including their careers and possibly even their lives. So why are they doing this? Why are these doctors and professionals being censored so much If the new COVID vaccines are in fact safe and effective, what is it that the media and the government are hiding that they don't want the public to know? They are doing this because they are doctors and scientists who actually understand the real science here and who know the devastating potential consequences of those who choose to get this very toxic and dangerous vaccine. And they are trying to save as many people as possible from the damage this vaccine is going to cause, which will include death, brain injuries, lifelong autoimmune disease, infertility, and more. So anyway, it it tries to uh, promote you, tries to get you to watch their video. And the other thing you need to know about YouTube, YouTube is to Google search what BitChute is to DuckDuckGo. And if that logic makes sense, uh, if you've been looking on YouTube and you don't always find what you want to see because of the censoring and the deleting of accounts they've been doing, Most of the people I used to watch on a daily basis have been removed from YouTube, but there's a place called BitChute, B-I-T-C-H-U-T-E, and BitChute has a lot more alternative viewpoints than YouTube does now. So I would recommend that you you look at that. Okay, uh, I'm coming up on the last break here pretty soon, and I'm running out of time to have some fun stuff, so... I'm going to have to get through the bummer stuff real quick. Uh, same, same old thing. Oh, here's one. Robert, now I like Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Um, I mean, his dad was a Democrat. Uh, his, I, I figure anybody who gets assassinated while campaigning for president probably has something good going for him because somebody wanted him gone, and I haven't seen any good come out of any politics for 60 years. So uh, I'm always on the side of the guy who got assassinated because obviously he was doing something right or they wouldn't have needed to get rid of him. But I liked Robert Kennedy and his son. This article, it's from uh, com. It's from, oh, it's way back in April. It's uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. warns that Anthony Fauci is a fraud and has Poison entire generation of Americans. Um, 
Kennedy explained that Fauci has been a problematic character all throughout his more than 50-year tenure in public health, during which he operated as a workplace tyrant and ruined the careers of countless physicians and researchers who, unlike himself, were upstanding and honorable individuals. Fauci has been with the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease since 1984. Can you say deep state? And he's known among those on the inside as the guy who's poisoned an entire generation of Americans, according to Kennedy. In at least one instance, Fauci targeted a whistleblower who was trying to expose the fact that America's blood supply was tainted with deadly disease strains. Fauci ruined the career of this physician and proceeded to cover cover up his crucial research on the subject. Kennedy also warned during the program that Fauci has attacked many other good guys who've tried to actually serve the public rather than shill for big pharma. Okay, so that's the end of my that's the end of my virus news. I'm not a doctor, so form your own opinion, but don't get mad at me for not wearing a mask. You've got yours on, you're safe, right? In this age of ear-tickling, where are we to turn to hear the Word? This is Pastor Greg Lundstedt from Equipping the Saints Radio, and I would like to invite you to tune in to Equipping the Saints to hear the uncompromising preaching and teaching of God's Word on this station. Look us up on the web at www.etsradio.org. We look forward to our time in the Word together. Pastor Greg Lundstedt and Equipping the Saints Radio. Weeknights at 6.30 here on KKXX. We bless Almighty God. Let us outdo one another in kindness, unselfish love, and good deeds one to another. Train up our beloved children and grandchildren in the age-old truths exemplified by the Christ. Respect and protect the lives of fellow human beings, pre-born and post-born. Our choices do affect the future blessings God can bestow on us. America, bless God. This is the story of a very special woman. Just a few knew about her superpowers. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her Mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources at aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Business Buzz. Let's get down to business. I'm tired of the medical business. I hate the medical business. My brother was a surgeon. Like going to medical school changed a normal suburban regular guy to a I won't say it. Not that he's listening. He's moved to he's another one who left California as soon as he retired. He got out of the golden state. He's avoiding state income tax, but he's kind of out of the frying pan and into the fire because guess where he moved? Real close to Seattle, that bastion of freedom. 
So my next article I'm going to share is my good old friend, Egon von Greyers. He wrote this on December 24th. His website is called goldswitzerland.com. You can read all of his articles, but this was a good one, and it's not too long, so I want to do end the day with another, another good article. So it's, it's called Cry Gold, Cry Wolf. Most people are familiar with the Aesop fable Cry Wolf about the little boy who falsely called out Cry Wolf too often to his villagers when there was no wolf around. Then when one day the wolf came and the boy again cried, no one believed him, and the consequences were fatal for the flock of sheep. I and a few, other, few others have cried gold for 20 years, but less than 0.5% of global financial money is invested in gold. So very few have listened to our cry. It is even more surprising since gold has outperformed virtually every major asset class in this century, as well as all currencies. The dollar is down 85% against gold since 2000. The Dow is down 67% against gold since 1999. Most investors are not even aware of gold, and the ones who are don't understand that people have kept their savings in gold, but today it is different. And who can blame people who disbelieve gold? When the media talks about gold, it is normally in a disparaging way. They will start with the 1980 peak at $850 an ounce and point out what a bad investment it has been as gold declined for 20 years and didn't reach the 1980 high until 2008. The fact that gold was $35 in 1971 is never mentioned and then moved up 24 times until 1980, or that gold today is up 5,300% since 1971. Even more importantly, neither journalists nor investors understand that gold doesn't go up at all. Since gold represents constant purchasing power, it is not gold that goes up, but the value of paper money that goes down. And then there's a quote, uh, give me control of the money. Let me issue and control a nation's money, and I care not who writes the laws. And he goes on to talk about the 100 years since the creation of the Federal Reserve uh, and the powerful people who have controlled the financial system. The very wealthiest are leading the way for this elite crowd and adding hundreds of billions of dollars to their wealth in a year when the majority of normal people are fighting for survival. Just take the Tesla founder, Elon Musk. At the beginning of this year, his wealth was $26 billion. As of December 18th, his wealth has grown by $130 billion to $156 billion. That is a massive six-fold increase built on hope and faith of investors rather than on sound financial performance. Then he also talks about uh, Jeff Bezos and Dan Gilbert from Quicken Loans and a, another guy. Anyway, just saying how these guys have multiplied their wealth in the last year by five to one. It says the wealth gap is making revolutionary proportions. The gap between the rich and the poor is now reaching proportions that history warns us about. In 2018, the richest 26 people on earth had the same net worth as half of the world's population, or 3.8 billion people. Having just watched the last SARS about the period leading up to the 1917 Russian Revolution, it is a stark reminder of what happens when the wealth gap reaches the proportions that we are seeing in the world now. The world is already regularly seeing many protests in several countries. So far, this has not led to civil wars. 
But when the current unsustainable debt and asset bubbles in the world implode and the world realizes that printed fiat money has zero value, we are going to experience a different situation. The trillions of debt that central banks and governments have created this year obviously exacerbates the world's debt trap. Debt comes from the Latin debitum, which means something owed. But no one must believe that this debt will ever be repaid and nor will interest payments be met. In the UK, for example, the pandemic loan schemes are a farce. Due to enormous pressure on the state to hand this money out quickly, a lot has gone to unsound or fraudulent borrowers. One scheme called the Bounce Back Loans Scheme for £43 billion was launched in May. It is estimated that as much as 60% will be lost to defaults and fraud. A senior London banker described the schemes as a giant bonfire of taxpayers' money with banks just handing out matches. The president of the European Central Bank Supervisory Board, Andrea Onria, recently said that many of the 117 banks that overseas are all over the place on provisioning for non-performing loans. The ECB has warned banks that they could face an extra 1.4 trillion euros of these loans compared to the 2008 crisis. If we look at the $280 trillion global, total global debt, the value of this debt is linked to the assets that were acquired with the debt. When bubble assets such as stocks, bonds, and property falls by 50 to 90%, which is very likely, this $280 trillion debt will be worthless. As I pointed out in my article last week, out of the, this is uh, Egon von Greyer's talking. As I pointed out in my article last week, out of the $280 trillion global debt, $200 trillion has been created since 2000. That is absolutely astounding. It is a clear warning that all the wealth which has been created in the last 20 years is likely to fall like a stick. We know from the saying that anything that rises like a rocket will fall a lot faster than it rose. So once the fall starts, it could easily happen in, say, two years and probably not more than five. Now, if this sounds negative, remember that knowledge is a positive. And if you've got the ability to at least realize that there's two sides to every story, you're ahead of the game. And that's what I do try to do here on Business Buzz. I like to give you that uh, alternative viewpoint. I suggest that this is a Egon von Greyers again. I suggest that these permeable investors turn their charts of stock, bonds, and property prices upside down just to realize what could happen. But they must also remember that falls are many times faster than rises. Also, falls start so quickly that almost everyone is caught out. And for decades, central banks have saved investors and did it again in March this year. So there is very little fear in the market that next time will be any different and that investors will be deserted. But let us play with the idea that this time, cry wolf is a genuine call, and the crash actually happens. If that were the case, the unsuspecting lambs will be slaughtered so quickly that no one has time to save himself. And this is how we will see the biggest wealth destruction ever in history, as I wrote about a couple of weeks ago. The choice is simple. Ignore the risk of an implosion of the financial system and you could be led like lambs to the slaughter and never recover again in your lifetime. 
or alternatively buy the only money that has survived in history and the only money that ever that has maintained its purchasing power. As paper money collapses together with all bubble assets, stocks, bonds, and property, precious metals like gold and silver will not only preserve your wealth, but most probably also enhance it substantially. So please listen to my cry wolf and cry gold calls. They will not only give you peace of mind, but also protect you from the total destruction of your assets. Well, like I say, you can look on that as negative news, but I look on it as positive because you can right now, without risking that much, put, like they used to recommend 10%, you could put 5 to 10% of your wealth into gold and silver, and that way, if things do go south, uh, your gold and silver will keep pace, and at least part of your money will have been saved. The other thing is, well, what's the downside? Well, let's say you buy gold and silver now for 10% of your wealth and the stock market keeps shooting up and up and nothing ever happens. Okay, so even if your gold and silver goes down to half its value, you've only lost 5% and your stocks, bonds, and property, you know, in this scenario probably went up another 30% anyway. So it's a it's a win-win situation to diversify part of your money into physical gold and silver. In my opinion, I'm not a I'm not a certified financial planner. I'm merely a CPA with 40 years experience helping people with their taxes. I do a lot of second opinions as far as investments, but it's not on the basis of a certified financial planner. It's on the basis of somebody who cares about my clients and I I don't want them to lose everything in a paper money crash, which is what theoretically could happen at any time. A paper money crash would basically make all of your assets virtually worthless. Not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying it could happen. Trying to think of something quick that I can read for you. I think I will. I think I'll find one. Here's one. You know, I've talked about Course in Miracles quite a bit. I've talked about the power of now and all of those, both of those, my probably my two favorite books, they both involve the two minds that you need to learn how to use the second one. And I've talked to you about that quite a bit. So I'm going to read a little bit of Lesson 130 from A Course in Miracles called It is Impossible to See Two Worlds. Perception is consistent. What you see reflects your thinking. And your thinking but reflects your choice of what you want to see. Your values are determiners of this. For what you value, you must want to see, believing what you see is really there. No one can see a world his mind has not accorded value. And no one can fail to look upon what he believes he wants. Yet who can really hate and love at once? Who can desire what he does not want to have reality? And who can choose to see a world of which he is afraid? Fear must make blind, for this its weapon is. That which you fear to see you cannot see. Love and perception thus go hand in hand, but fear obscures in darkness what is there. 
I'm going to skip over a little bit because I'm running out of time. Fear has made everything you think you see. All separation, all distinctions, and the multitude of differences you believe make up the world. They are not there. Love's enemy has made them up. Yet love can have no enemy, and so they have no cause, no being, and no consequence. They can be valued, but remain unreal. They can be sought, but they cannot be found. Today we will not seek for them, nor waste this day in seeking what cannot be found. It is impossible to see two worlds which have no overlap of any kind. Seek for the one, the other disappears. But one remains. They are the range of choice beyond which your decision cannot go. The real and the unreal are all there are to choose between, and nothing more than these. Dismiss temptation easily today whenever it arises merely by remembering the limits of your choice. The unreal or the real, the false or true, is what you see and only what you see. Perception is consistent with your choice, and hell or heaven comes to you as one. Accept a little part of hell as real, and you have damned your eyes and cursed your sight, and what you will behold is hell indeed. Yet the release of heaven still remains within your range of choice to take the place of everything that hell would show to you. All you need to say to any part of hell is simply this. It is impossible to see two worlds. I'll see you next time on Business Buzz. Thanks for listening. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. Have a great week. KKXX, Paradise, K280GL, Chico, and K283AR, Chico, Yuba City, Marysville. Breaking news this hour from townhall.com. I'm Keith Peters. Coronavirus patients are overwhelming hospitals in a large swath of California, even as COVID-19 hospitalizations stabilize in some parts of the state. Intensive care units in Southern California and the agricultural San Joaquin Valley have no capacity remaining. California Health and Human Services Secretary Dr. Mark Galley says hospitals are working very hard trying to keep up with the patient load. Over 20,000 current hospital admissions due to covid seen a 36.5% increase in the last 14 days. This is a tremendous amount of work for these hospital systems. California is heading into a new phase it's been preparing for as it sets up hospital beds in arenas, schools, and tents, though it's struggling to staff them. State officials also notified hospitals that the situation is so dire that they should prepare for the possibility that they'll have to resort to crisis care guidelines, which could mean rationing care. Meanwhile, the COVID-19 vaccine rollout continues to be slower than expected. The amount of vaccine doses shipped to states has been lower than first expected. Jason Schwartz is with the Yale School of Public Health. There had been considerable concern that there wasn't the kind of attention and efforts that we'd expect to see for a vaccination program to effectively reach millions, tens of millions of Americans in, in short order. And he's hoping the program picks up under the Biden administration. I think much will depend on, on how the incoming administration reassesses this last mile consideration of, of vaccination efforts and, and thinks about ways to support the state, support the local health departments, and to perhaps take a more active federal role. The coronavirus relief bill recently signed should help with $69 billion for vaccine distribution. Shelley Adler, Washington. On Wall Street, the Dow down by 68 points, the NASDAQ dropped 49, the S&P lower by 8. More on these stories at townhall.com. 
Is the cost of finishing the basement worth the benefit of some peace and quiet? When questions find you, Merrill Edge Self-Directed Investing can help you find answers with personalized planning tools and insights to help you get where you want to go, even if it's just downstairs. Merrill, a Bank of America company. Visit MerrillEdge.com slash within reach to get started today. Investing involves risk. Merrill Lynch, Pierce, Fenner & Smith, Incorporated. Registered broker-dealer, member SIPC. Investment products are not FDIC insured or not bank guaranteed and may lose value. If you've fallen behind in your credit card payments during the shutdown, you're probably feeling some added pressures. But you don't have to solve these problems alone. Trinity Debt Management can help. All you have to do is give Trinity a quick call, and we'll take care of the rest. No one really knows what the future will bring. But one thing is for sure. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Here's the number. Call 1-800-990-6976. 1-800-990-6976. Here's the townhall.com business brief. Stocks gave up an early gain and closed modestly lower on Wall Street, giving the S&P 500 its first loss in four days. The two-tenths percent fall came a day after the major indexes had notched their latest all-time highs. The market had started the day higher after President Trump signed into law the $900 billion coronavirus economic relief package. Small company stocks fell more than the rest of the market, even with its 1.8% loss. The Russell 2000 index of smaller companies still on track for a gain of 7.7% this month. The Dow lost 68 points to close at 30,335. The Nasdaq was off 49 to 12,850. And the S&P 500 fell 8 points to 3727 New York oil up $0.36 cents to $47.98 a barrel. With business, I'm John Scott. News and analysis at townhall.com. I'm Keith Peters. When Joy became a Christian, her husband contemplated divorce. I think that God just really used focus on the family um, and your guys' ministry to grow me and 